to bring that back as a metaphor, yeah. don't let the spatula break off in the Rice Krispie Treats. Oh, my God. Richard. Hey, Paul. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Just fine. Enjoying my role as co-founder, working uh, on a memo. Helping, oh. Helping drive opportunity into post-life. Memos are... That's how I organize my, my thoughts. I, you know, it's funny. I, people talk to me about note-taking systems and mm. all the ways they do. Working backwards from the memo, like executive summary. What is the mm. opportunity? What are we going to do? Mm. It sort of formalizes it. And then, you know, what's funny is you, you hear, this is not what we're talking about on the podcast today, but you hear. Well, it can be. <laughs> someone will mention something. And then the next time you read the paper, not that we read the paper anymore. Next time you check your RSSL newsfeed, uh, you see that thing that you just heard about. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Because you didn't have the pattern in mind. It was there. It was always there. But now you can see it. Right. I'm surrounded by Toyota Camrys, but if I bought one for myself, I'll see them everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Nissan Rogue for us. And so like... Oh, a little name dropping, but go ahead. It's not really much of a brag. The, <laughs> the, the, the yeah. 2014 <laughs> Nissan Rogue that we drive for about two hours a year. No. So it, it's for me, the system that works is you start the document and you keep you keep the focus and the heat on the one document, and then you just keep piling everything you see into it. Rather than trying to build towards it, you work backwards from the thing needing to be done. At this altitude, uh-huh. where someone hasn't told you, listen, I need these three dozen widgets packed and ready to ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. so clarifying. It's wonderfully clarifying. Mm-hmm. You know, the hell with it. We had this whole other subject about leadership and enterprises. Let's talk about this instead. Let's talk about this. That's that's what makes this podcast exceptional. It's, um, it's exceptionally spontaneous. There is something satisfying, motivating. It just makes you feel good to set up a Wi-Fi home mesh network. Oh, does it? You know, I need to buy one more satellite to get, there's kind of a dead you spot. Always do. Dead spot upstairs. I got okay. it. Outside is good. Yeah. Okay. I'm at, like, you got a corner in your house. Well, you know what I did? Is I took, now you're bragging again. No, I took the old router yeah. and the, the old Wi-Fi router and I'm like, yeah. let's just drop this in here. And I tried to like get it all synced up and have them link up. Yeah. No dice. What I'm getting at here, and it could be anything, is there is this world that is disassembled in front of you. Yeah. And you're going to put it together. And once you do, once you plug that last, those last two pieces in, it lights up and there's this feeling of satisfaction that is very meaningful. And, and that could be a project, by the way. It could be a piece of code that you swear you're going to refactor right finally this time. You're going to redo it. It's going to take well, a day. You're one project away from happiness always. You're always, I mean, I, you know, recently I did a side project because I wanted to kind of get back into things a little bit. And it was deeply satisfying. The frustration, there was a direct correlation, frustration to satisfaction as I was like kind of figuring things out solving well, them. Nobody else was involved. Well, there's that. <laughs> that is real. Magic, right? That's real yeah, too, yeah. right? It's your little pocket world. That's right. As you go up and as you find yourself trying to essentially transfer that kind of intent and motivation to other people, 
there are a couple ways to do it. It's hard to do it. All right. So let's let's actually, we've been talking in a very abstract way. Let, let, let's try to focus this because I'm talking about like getting my memo done. You're talking about getting your project done or your side project or, or inside of the organization. The things that you do. To, so for me, here's what I know. Here's what I'm doing right now. I have a memo. It's open in a text editor. I'm reading and researching, talking to people, listening to people, doing market analysis, going on Crunchbase and making mm -hmm. lists of companies, like mm -hmm. all these things. Now, what I know is that along the way, probably three or four times, I'm going to present where I'm at to you. And you're going to beat me so hard with a stick that I cry in the corner. And we need that. Like that has to happen. You want that. You know, but I've learned to <laughs> I've learned to appreciate it in a kind of Stockholm syndrome way. Yeah. And like <laughs> then comes the great simplification in which I boil mm -hmm. this down. Then I present outward. I tell people outside of the company, inside mm -hmm. of the company, here's what I'm thinking. I'm talking about doing more work related to climate change inside of Postlight. Like there's no, it's not a big secret. Just mm -hmm. it's a lot of work to figure out where we live. It's, it's worth saying out loud that this is reciprocal. I do the same thing with you. Oh God, um, yeah. Hey, we just we went out to lunch and I started to poke and poke. But I, I will poke. Yeah. I'm a gentler poker than you, but I will, I will eventually form a series of thoughts and in very, very intense and unmovable judgments yes. about your decision making. Yes. That's our friendship. That is our friendship, and, 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 and I value it. And, no, me too. And, me too. My God. I think what is so valuable about this process is that once the thing is in a good place, it provides, hopefully, a true instruction manual. That once you go through that instruction manual, the toy will light up. This is where, this was the big lesson for me in my last, let's say, five or six years, mm -hmm. is that I always assumed, and this is as a writer and a journalist, I would write things out in the world and people would respond to them and tell me that was interesting and I learned these three things. And I assumed that that was in some ways enough, that you could just kind of like organize your thoughts, share, share them. them with people, and people would internalize your thinking yeah, and then they would act based on that. Yeah. And it was actually, you know, in a funny way, writer to entrepreneur, that was a devastating thing to learn because you thought, and it wasn't devastating disappointment, it was that I'd kind of fooled myself. Into? That believing that just saying it was enough, that you didn't have to operationalize it. It's never enough. It's never enough. You have to get down. And that's why Amazon aside, where everybody sits down and reads their two-page memos, mm. that is why decks work. Right? Because you go in and you say, I know this is reductive. I know it is too simple. Yeah. You're going to give a presentation on Monday to our senior leadership. I've seen it. It has Legos in it. Yes. And because it's actually, a, it's you saying like, this is how simple we're going to be for this part of the business. It's about yes. our finances and we're just, we're going to use this. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to communicate financial data inside of this work at the level of Duplo blocks. That is the that is the motivator, and right? we're very clear about it. It's a it's a way to communicate. You're not being patronizing. You're actually saying like, this is as simple as it needs to be for us all to come into agreement and talk about yes. know, various aspects of this company. Yes, I want to take it even further and and dive into that deck for a second. Very often, very often, the deck is saying, "Here's what I'm observing in the world," right? In the consulting world, it's the findings. Right. Yep. It's the observations. So oh, to speak. yeah. You it's need the at least data, one right? chart, and the chart can either be a chart yeah. where the the line goes around, or yeah. it could maybe be the uh, the four quadrant. Whatever the consulting you, word. You know what? However, way you want to put those boxes on top of each other, knock uh, yourself yeah. out. But it is essentially you can't be a consultant with one quadrant, Rich. You need four quadrants. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I think about the Mayo Clinic website. There's that first, the first part of any condition mm -hmm. has the symptoms. Mild right? itchiness. 
Malaise is Malaise. another favorite of mine. Ennui. Yeah. What you're, what you're doing there is you're saying, okay, do you have these factors before you move forward? That's right. Okay. And you may, you may not. It's, medicine's a very big, sprawling world. Let's not get into that. But what it's doing first is saying, look, before you start taking meds and doing things to yourself, let's make sure you are in this current state. Do you have this? Let's identify the symptoms. Let's identify the symptoms to then draw a clear, bright line to the cause Right. So your symptoms are well, sort actually... Of because 90% of the time be like, mm, tongue hurts, he needs to see a doctor. <laughs> well, a lot of times it draws lines to 10 different possible causes, yes, right? right? And it gets grim. When you go keep going down the list of causes... Mayo Clinic is good that we actually have rules in the house that you're not allowed to look at any medical website except the Mayo Clinic website. It, it really is. Because is... WebMD is like, oof, boy, oh, you sprained your nose. Well, that's cancer. Yeah, WebMD is a crime. Uh, let's just yeah, put it out yeah, there. It's not good for society. It's not good for society. The Mayo Clinic, I think it's it's kind of gotten the status of like Wikipedia almost as this well, like public just, service. It just feels like doctors were involved. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. helpful. But then let's go back to the deck. We've pinpointed the symptoms and we've drawn a fairly clear line to the cause. Mm-hmm. In fact, we ran a couple of tests. Mm-hmm. We know the cause. And now we have to move on to treatment. Right. Right. Treatment, or in the business world, or in the agency world, or in any business, really, the mandate or you know set of actions are a tricky thing today. And here's what, why I say that. If the boxes are laid out everywhere in the warehouse, and the foreman comes in and says, I need these stacked in order from largest to smallest, by five o'clock today. Yeah. When they stroll by at around three. <laughs> they're, they're see, they want to see progress on those boxes. Well, five o'clock is a gift. That person who's going to put those boxes on top of each other, you've given them two gifts. One, five o'clock yeah. is a gift. Okay. The other is he didn't say create some art out of these boxes. He said Stack pile them, them up. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's a clear goal. And they, there's some constraints that have been put in place. Right, yeah, but so we're the, stacking boxes. I want to. We have to make some software, set up a new part of the company, organize a new discipline. You can't give me a deadline. This <laughs> is something that hardens you inside of the agency world because yeah. den- deadlines are our defense mechanism. Right, they're actually really necessary so that everybody's on the same page. Because when there's ambiguity, it's our fault. The agency's yeah, fault. Yeah, it is true. Always. We are we are always to blame. So the doctor could tell you, you know what, Rich? Maybe you shouldn't eat so many cupcakes. Yeah. Or he could tell you, you got to hell, gonna put you on a. <laughs> you got to hell. I like cupcakes. Yeah. I'm going to put you on a nutrition plan, and we're going to check every four weeks, and we're going to make sure you do this, and you got to get this much exercise. Yeah, and there's no doctor doing that anymore. That's not. That's, yeah, that's like, <laughs> hi, welcome to Forward. <laughs> you know, I love those like new medical centers, but no doctor. They're just literally like, you got to stop with the freaking cupcakes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, sometimes it's yeah. just that. Unless right? you're like 15. Yeah. yeah. But now they're just like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Where are let you me, going with let this? Let me give you a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we do as leaders, and one of the things we actually have often trained other leaders to do, is to put those tangible instructions forward. And work culture has changed a lot over the years. Telling people to do things is no longer appropriate. I don't want to go <laughs> no, that no, far. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. No, no, I um, see what you're saying. But look, we are actually incredibly collaborative at Post Here's, here's Let's the, just say this I can loud. simplify this for you. 
When I started having more and more of a leadership position, I assumed that I would be able to delegate, say what needs to happen, and that people would then execute on that and report back. And that is not actually how anything gets done. That's right. You create a space and you create a set of goals and people align with those goals and they move forward. Now you can say, look, I need this by Thursday and it has to be two pages long and somebody will write it up for you. Like that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Everybody You're does You're a writer. That. Have you ever been, has anybody ever put artificial deadlines on you? It's the only way. <laughs> there are no actual well, deadlines. Okay, so They're this all is, artificial. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. There's no, no editor gives a real deadline to a writer. No, but here's the thing. This is what's funny because I, I'm now, writers are all procrastinators. There are a few who aren't, but literally it's the, it's the stereotype of the writer and it's, it's true. Just, yeah. And so there's a whole lot of structures around this. What you see, and I see this especially with people who are a little bit younger, they look for the tools and solutions to get rid of distractions in order to actually get their writing done. Like they're going to focus this time. Mm. They're, they're going to use Notion. It's like that whole category of apps that like, it's no, just, no, it's not just, just Notion. Oh, just one cursor? Yeah, like yeah. I writer. Your and... screen it kind of turns white, and there's a sort of there's like a flutter of snow in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's only a cursor, and it's auto saving, so you don't have to do that can't, part of it. Can't even you can't do anything. You just gotta IA writers one. There's yeah. so there's a bunch yeah. of them. Yeah, and then what you do is you can spend all the time configuring the environment. To make it just, <laughs> it's you know, so it's true. like once I get my Zen garden just right, <laughs> so I'm gonna true. really enjoy being it's out so there. True. We just love that procrastination. We, that's who we are, right? And so like. The only technology, because I've been in these conversations literally my entire career, like, you know, productivity tools and how to get things done and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And I've never, I've always been a procrastinator. Mm. I'm, that's just, I'm, a, I'm an archetypal writer in a lot of ways. Like any editor who works with me just kind of laughs because it's all very familiar, right? Yeah. But I'm also really collaborative. I do get my stuff in and I'm a very fast rewriter. So it's usually that like they know I'm going to be a little late to turn it in, but then I'll turn it around really quickly. Mm. So as I build relationships with, with editors, that's what they know. Anyway, backing that out, all I'm saying is that like over and over in my life, people have said, you know, what's the right environment for writing, especially because I publish in national magazines and something like that. I'm like the absolute best tool that you can get in order to really meet all your deadlines. The best outlining and productivity system is deadlines. Like that's the only, and that is the least popular thing I have ever said in my life. No one wants to hear that. It, it aligns you. It clarifies and it, aligns you. It's the only thing that gets writers to get stuff done. Look, I know enough about tech to scope tech. I know enough about design and design's trickier to scope actually yeah. because you want to go round and round a few more times to get it perfect, right? I've done it. But you know, it's not just, you know, it's not just the deadline. It's not just the artificial date. It's actually providing insight and clarity into what doesn't work if it doesn't happen, right? So it's like, you have to give somebody a little bit of insight into the workflow. And, and here's what will happen. Let's say I am really late. Like sometimes we've had really busy weeks of post late and I'm filing my wired column and it's Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Mm -hmm. The editor will say these words. Paul, we have to close that. The issue is going to close. And what that means is the issue has to get done. You're going to miss the boat. It's not just that. If I'm I'm adding friction to the system, and that feels really bad because mm. what has to happen so is... So they're the, telling you... whole thing has to get together, become a PDF, and go to the publisher. If it doesn't, I know for a fact, having been in this position, you pay thousands of dollars in penalties. So like there's, at the printer. Yeah, because they're like, they got to mail it out. They have to move faster. So they've created an incentive system. Interesting. So I don't use this tactic. Well, because digital stuff, this is the, 
A monthly magazine is a fascinating study. Because, no, no, no. But, but, but listen, digital stuff doesn't have that forcing function. The monthly magazine physically has to go into people's right, mailboxes. Right. There is, so physics a, is involved. There's a penalty system. That starts from Bears that moment down. and backs all the way down to how yeah. we're planning the issue months ahead. Yes. But you're highlighting something here that I am not going to tell the person on a project that the revenue implications of us being late for anything. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Why not? Well, I'm not saying it's right. I just don't do that. I just don't do that because... Or why wouldn't you? What would happen if you I believe did? there's an implicit pact okay. between where I sit, which is thinking about the whole business, and where they sit, which is putting out great work and great work product. Sure. Right? I mean, the way I divide this is people are discipline-focused or business-focused. Fine. So I've just decided that everyone's an adult. The fact that your editor has to explain to you how FedEx works to get you the article is on you. Yeah. That's too bad, yeah. right? I would never hire you to write an article. Just because I'm just going to say that out loud. Yeah, well, you'd okay. be making a mistake. <laughs> okay. My point is this. I hope that that person, I look, by the way, this is all happening in a respectful environment. Nobody's yeah, cursing yeah, yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. out. But when I say I want something Friday, you're trusting that that date isn't arbitrary, that some judgment has been used and some cost benefit has been laid thought out as to why Friday is Friday. And that's it. And it's Friday. You've got your job. I've got mine. So when I come to you with a date, and look, mind you, sometimes the date is to turn the screws a little bit. Sometimes it's driven by my own anxiety or mm -hmm, whatever it mm -hmm. is. But the date's the date. And I've had friction with some of you know some of the leaders at Postlight saying, you know, you can't just go do that. We haven't scoped this out with the engineering team. And they're right that I didn't scope it out the engineering team. Well, but what they're wrong about is that I can just do that. And it turns out we haven't wrecked the company and it's a healthy thing. <laughs> this is where it's very, everybody thinks they want a practitioner to, the, to be the boss. Everybody's like, oh, it's really good. You know, they, they have a background in engineering. They used yeah. to be. It's actually terrible because we know how long things take. And we also know that you can usually force things along. What you want is like a, a nice Somebody with a good business degree who has no idea how anything works, because then you can snow them. Can I tell you what I've learned? No. Over the years? You can't tell me. People want those constraints. Constraints are the only way you know you're alive, man. If you don't, That's it, forget it, the dates. Man. If you don't tell them what, and you're like, we're going to meet weekly, Yeah. and I'm, I'm the president, now ex-president of the company, Yeah. and you're going to present, it would be like this wild variety show every no, no, time no. because they're wondering what is good and what is going to be positively received. People need to know where the boundaries are, what the structure is, what you're expecting. What it is yep, you want. Yep, what yep, do you yep, want? Yep, yep. What do you, and sometimes I don't know what I want. I actually, I'm not withholding. I just don't know yet. Yeah. Right. And so we're meeting and here we are and you'll get wild shit thrown at you because they're not sure and they don't like that. I can tell you for certain, I've been in that setting. Well, no one likes a constraint-free agenda. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Because what happens then is your vision, that's when visionary leaders start to ruin everything. No, right? like but you have to be very careful. Exactly. Yeah. And look, some of the best collaborators force you to say, what are you looking for? Let's talk through Well, what this you're is expecting. the old, like, you know, Winston Churchill wanted everything on one piece of paper. Is that true? Yeah, it was like, you know, let's defeat Germany. That was the World I mean, War that's, II that's as far as he was fine, concerned. That's actually. That's yeah, plenty. no, you just kind of sorts it out. Let's get it on one sheet of paper because otherwise people will drop 100 pages yeah. in your lap every night. Yeah. They want to show their work. All right, so wait, wait. What I, yeah, the I hell are we telling people to do? Here's, what, here's the thing. 
I think people are very wary of exerting power today well, it's a, in yes. the workplace. It's, it's getting harder to do it. It's not a thing you're supposed to do. It's not a thing you're supposed, supposed to, to do. You're supposed to build community online and then synthesize that into a set of opportunities. Yes. You know who we don't question, Paul? A lot of people, really. When the captain says, we're going through some turbulence, sit down and put your seatbelt on. You cannot infringe on my liberties and tell me to sit down. But you know, the funny thing is people actually do 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 what that they're like, no, hell with turbulence. Well, that's I'm not wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. But there's an implicit pack there, right? Which is this person is actually is looking out for a broader set of interests than just exerting power on me in this very moment. Sure. He's actually could lose his job if he didn't do this. And he doesn't want to lose his job. He doesn't want people to get hurt. He doesn't want kids to get hurt, et cetera, et cetera. And so that... Captain is not sheepish about it. He's, what they're saying, please go back to your seat yeah. right now yep. and sit down and put your seat. And you're not reading it as like power exerted Folks, over Folks, we're about to see a little turbulence hey, here. Everyone. Hello, everyone. It's always a grandpa sound. Uh, so, yeah, no, they, that's how they, they train themselves, right? They, like, to make it a common yeah, Just everybody yeah. relax. So what I would say is don't confuse the two. That's not what you're doing. If you're thoughtful and respectful and they trust you as a, as a leader or as a manager or whatever it may be, it's okay. To give them that clarity. They actually want it. Don't be a jerk. Like, there's no need to be... Well, a, deadlines are one of those funny things like salaries where people don't really want to bring them up. And be like, well, when do you think you could get it for me? I don't know. When do you need it? Well, let me tell me about your next week. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's like it's, that it's a very back and forth. Yeah, yeah. no, it, but it happens all the time, right? And it's, there's, it's very strange because we live in a world in which there's this implicit contract that like... I'm using your time and I'm going to need it to get my thing done. But like your time is also very important and I respect that. And yeah, no, there is a point where you just start to go like, is Thursday when we're going to see this? Look, I've I've worked for people. I've worked with people who actually got a kick. They didn't care about what the actual thing was going to take. And they would just throw a date out. And well, this like, is Look, the, we're going to Miami to present. No, this is the classic. This is a classic executive move, especially if they're in a mid-performing or low-performing team. Yeah, is they go. Well, why couldn't I have that on, on next Tuesday? Yeah, and right. then everybody's like, "Well, that's insane! It takes forty-five minutes to set up a that's, development." That's playing games. It is, except that it's a good forcing function if you've got like, oh, it takes six weeks to set up a development environment. And you're like, well, at Amazon, it takes two to three seconds. Yeah. So what's the six weeks about? That's also a tricky line to walk when they push that when they push back. And you get into that little wrestling match. Now trust is starting to break down. You're saying I don't trust. Like, well, when it, see that's agency thinking. If you're a leader inside of a, a company, a lot of times you're just going to need to go in there. You just need to go in there. Yeah, you and I are always we're always diplomats. We I have like to be. Your insight from your editor, which is like, let me tell you why this is pain. Boxes of magazines need to go out. It's rarely articulated that well. It's a, because I used to work in the industry. It's a shared understanding. It's not a panic. I've been in, I've been around for a while. I have these very close relationships with my editors. I tend to know them. So there's a lot of give and take. Like they know, they know I have a job, right? So it's not, I don't just work for them. So there's a lot of like, yeah, closes Wednesday. And I go like, got it. What that means is, that means that even if the kids are difficult tonight and I don't have it in me, I better, I better find it that night at 10 PM and get it written by 1 AM, even if it screws up the next day, because otherwise the penalty is a real, really difficult situation for them. Like genuinely difficult. Like they have to go tell their boss, it just didn't work out. Yeah. I want to end this with a piece of advice for the people on the other side who have been given that deadline. Yeah. If the deadline is two Fridays from now, and you know there's no way in hell you're going to make it, don't wait for the Wednesday before that Friday to talk it through. 
Oh, it's not just that. You know what you do is you say, okay, look, two Fridays from now, I want to tell you what I'm going to be able to present. And Reset it. Unless your boss is an absolute dick, they're going to be cool. They're going to be like, okay, well, if I can see that, that would be good. Usually, if you're going to give them something, they're usually it's under, be they usually real. It. it can't be like, I'm going to give you five bullet points, but it's like, yeah. you know, I'm going to have this, this, and this. I wanted to send you the outline. Of where, the other thing you can do, because bosses forget, you can just send them the outline for two Fridays from now. Yeah. Be like, I think this is where we're going to land. Would you, I, you know, it's a little different than what we discussed. What yeah. do you think? And they're going to scan that email in about one half of a second and go, looks good. And then all you got to do, because yeah, they, they signed the contract, they didn't there. read it. Yeah. So then when you come back and you say, I want to thank you for giving me the feedback a couple of weeks ago, it really helped me get some okay, clarity. Okay, this is sinister now. Really helped me get some clarity about <laughs> how, what I needed to present. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to take the agenda that you approved on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just want to run us through it because I think that we're going to, we're going to get to a really good place. And then it's a beautiful bind because not only did they approve it, but they managed you towards it in the story you just told. And I'm going to tell you the truth. They have a lot of reports. They can't remember. No, they can't. It's wonderful. It's all good. You can always use the fact that your boss is deeply confused against them. Yeah. So that's, that's where we're going to leave it. But we don't, we don't run the company more, so we can say that. We can say that. Good luck to the new executives at Postlight, um, (laughs) because we just gave everybody some advice on how to like route around them. I don't know if this made any sense. Did this make any sense? This podcast? Yeah. Absolutely. All right, good. Absolutely. Good. I mean, Uh, leave a five-star review then. It sounds like you had a pretty good experience. (laughs) Giving clarity can be misread as a power move, but clarity well, here's why. is a wonderful thing. It's a power move. Power is, a, power is just freaking uncomfortable. Is, good, is there such a thing as good power? Yeah, Let's sure. philosophical for a second. I hope so. I try to exert good power over my kids. I try to exert good power when I use my voice in public. That's a lot. That's not really explaining anything. What does that mean, good power? You mean like... You're trying to help people succeed here. You're trying yeah. to get things on the right path. Yeah. When I write in public and I'm, I have an audience that's maybe in the hundreds of thousands sometimes. You're exerting. That's influence. I have to be. Influence to make people do good things. Yeah. And there's certain you know what's more... bullshit? Soft power. That's all I have. I just think. Of, that's what writing is. I think of like a tray of Rice Krispie treats. What is soft power? What the hell's wrong with Rice Krispie treats? They're delicious. They are delicious. All right. That's really where we're at. Well, look, if you're looking for the kind of leadership thinking that you just experienced, that you just experienced, reach out to Postlight. Hello at postlight.com. Check out our check out our uh, website. We've got lots of exciting content, not just this podcast. And uh, get to know our new leaders, Chris and Gina. They're profiled on the site. Yes. That's it. I got nothing else. Have a lovely week. Bye.